Welcome to Marvel Did What, part of the Marvel Cinematic University umbrella. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III, along with my other co-host, Stephanie Williams. Stephanie, how are you doing today? Uh, hanging in there. How are you? Yeah, kind of hanging in there. Um, this was supposed to be, and it still is, it's going to be a really fun episode as we dive into the craziness that is The Punisher issues 59 through 62. But unfortunately, last Friday evening, you know, we heard some we heard some, you know, terrible news that uh, Black Panther star and obviously tremendous actor uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away due to colon cancer. Um, I personally, when I saw it, I thought it was not real. I it just like it just kind of hit me in a way that was um the the reaction was just so visceral and in terms of like this this can't be it's just not it, it's not real um when it came out from the AP's account but then when his uh when his team uh tweeted it out and put it out on social you know you get the the reality of the situation and just there was just an overwhelming sadness cuz yeah, obviously not just that he's so young but he just he did so much in terms of not just uh, not just the culture, but just uh, being a humanitarian. Uh, all of the things that that he did, and all of the things that he brought to us. Now, I know you wrote a wonderful piece on Rotten Tomatoes uh, about Chadwick Boseman. Uh, I guess, in some ways, the the question I would ask if you could summarize your your, your thoughts about him and kind of summarize uh, what you wrote for the for the people who haven't read it yet. Yeah, of course. So, um, no, just like you, when I saw the news from AP, I it didn't register. Like, I just, like, I saw the words, but I just couldn't register them. Like, I didn't know how to read in the moment. Um, and then when it came from his, from his actual account, um, it just hit, like, a ton of bricks. And um, not since Toni Morrison passed away, like, have I felt, um, I don't know, like, such a huge void open up like when Kobe passed away earlier in the year like of course but because um I connected to uh Toni Morrison because I looked up to her as a writer and for Chadwick just because of his dedication to his craft um it it hurt um and also because of the way that he passed because it just reminded me of um family members um who unfortunately passed the same the same way so um in my tribute to him, I just thought of how, um, cause you know, I'm my mom. So I just thought of right. not telling my son now, cause he's not old enough to necessarily understand. Um, so I'll protect his peace in that way. But, um, just thinking of what he means to, uh, young black kids, uh, they just discovered their hero and now he's just gone just as they were finding him. And that just really sucks uh, because um, for my first time, my first introduction to Chadwick Boseman was 42. Um, I love Jackie Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. I play baseball because of Jackie Robinson. I, I play baseball up until I couldn't anymore and I had to play softball. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw 42, Uh, He allowed me to connect with Jackie Jackie Robinson in a way that I never had before um, because he made him just so, um, so real. Not saying that Jackie Robinson wasn't real, but like he had a 
a real talent for bringing humility and just um, this very humble spirit to the characters that he played. Like he, like you, you're, you remember like, Hey, these are still regular everyday people who ended up doing extraordinary things. Um, And I just, it just breaks my heart that we're not going to get any more of those performances. And he was like, you know, stacking up like infinity stones, uh, playing all of these legends and rightfully so, because he himself was a legend. You know, I, (laughs) You know, I like Black Panther as a character, but I didn't love Black Panther as a character until Chadwick played him. Because, again, he brought this humility to this mm-hmm. character who is a king of a whole country. Um, it made me feel that, uh, made me feel very different about um, just T'Challa in general and the reason why, hey, uh, everybody else in that film was able to like really shine and have their moments because of the way that he played that character. And I think he did T'Challa um, a great service. Um, and it's unfortunate that we're not going to get to see more of him. It's unfortunate that his life is gone to something that is just so vicious and so terrible. Um, I just hate it all. Um, yeah. I will go ahead and say that... Um, to me, like his T'Challa is right up there with um, Christopher Reeve's Superman, um, because the way Reeves plays Superman, again, like you really get the crux of who Superman is. Like he is a friend, and um, I felt the same way about Black Panther, and I just really wish we could have gotten um, just more of that. So, um, yeah. I repeat to a great, and I just hate this year. Yeah, so much. Man, it. it- it really sucks. I think one of the things that I think about the most is I think about Civil War and I think of his mm-hmm. introduction to that. And and I think one of the most important things that he did for that character was when he had Zemo cornered and he realized that, you know, all of all what Zemo was doing was trying to just turn the Avengers against each other. And the way that he played the struggle of wanting vengeance, but then realizing that in terms of doing the right thing, this violence has to stop here. Mm -hmm. And the way that he played that in that scene, when he says justice will come soon enough, um, I thought was just amazing. And it was such a, it was such a, a true introduction of a hero in that moment. And I think it allowed the black Panther movie um, and his performance to be so regal, be so full of humility, as you said, and not only that, making the other actors around him better. Because mm-hmm. I think what ha- what happened in Black Panther is everybody elevated their performances, um, which in a lot of ways, if we've always talked about how, wow, like the women in the movie it, it, it are like really the light of the movie. Some people will argue Killmonger too. And it's because Chadwick allowed them to to shine in that type of way. And that's kind of when you look at some of his interviews that he's done, and I have a lot in the last couple of days, and, and I think about the Black Panther press run and some of the interviews that he did with Sway, The Breakfast Club, Jesus and Merrill goes on and on. He just had this this light to him. 
and this just amazing energy and spirit. And you, in your article, you put the uh, the speech that he did at Howard, and I went and watched that. And oh yes, to, it's such a great speech. Yeah, to hear him uh, talk about his own struggles um, as an actor and the story that he tells about how uh, a character that he played in his first one of his first acting jobs. Um, he didn't think was up to par and the way that he fought for that and they fired him, but he still was like, this is something that I felt was necessary. And he stayed strong in that. And even with those struggles at the start, um, he had the courage of conviction and he had the courage of being able to tell our, our stories in so many different ways. And I think that's, that's like, I think what, what hurts so much about that is, you know, you mentioned you know, kids who lo- obviously look up to not only the character, but him, but just the ability of what he was able to do. Um, that interview that he did talking about the two terminal kids that, you know, he spoke with and he broke down towards uh, the end of it and talking about how those kids wanted to stay alive just to see Black Panther. And knowing at the time that he was probably fighting that disease at the same time is just really heartbreaking in a lot of ways. So, yeah. yeah. So like you said, it sucks, man. It really sucks when you lose somebody who you feel like was just such, had such a light, such a spirit, such an energy. But um, like, uh, like Ryan Coogler said, you know, we have to reckon with the fact that he's one, uh, he's, he's an ancestor now and we have to remember what he did and hopefully try to, in a lot of ways, carry that light in terms of uh, creativity, in terms of, just uh, humanity, which in the world today, there's not enough of. And it's a reminder that we can do it if if we um, dedicate ourselves. I mean, God knows what he went through making all those movies doing uh, so much during that time where he was ill. And right. and also, should, uh, big shout out to his family, big shout out to his team for keeping that under wraps, because... Mm-hmm. That's in this day and age. That seems in, it seems impossible, but you know it goes to show how much respect that they respect and love that they had for him. Yes. So, so absolutely, peace to Chadwick Boseman, and there's no way, there's no easy way to transition from something so heavy like this to uh what we were talking about tonight but just wait off with this i apologize to you (laughs) i apologize for um for picking this issue because it's funny when we first started this show and we started back i said i said like when i found out that this was a this was a thing. The Punisher becoming black. The the fact that this was a thing, I had to find out and I had to see for myself and read. So when you sent me the issues, I was all excited to read because I was just curious how actually bad it was going to be. But then you get into it and it's much, much worse. Much, much worse in so many different ways. Um I we have to point out in Issues 59 through 62, this arc. So, Mike Barron and Mark McLaren, we looking at you. We looking at y'all. 
We're looking at y'all. Because I just can't with what what were they thinking? Just what the hell? Wait, what and who was let's call out the editor too because <laughs> I mean, obviously the editor was um Don Daly at yeah. issue fifty yeah, issue fifty. And Tom Dog on DeFalco. I mean, come on. <laughs> and just like, what? All right. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to just go, what the hell? But I, I just want to start here. So I, I'm going to guess this was your first time actually going through these issues, correct? Yes, because um, unfortunately, like, my Punisher history is not good. Um, I just haven't read that many Punisher issues. Um, and not because I haven't wanted to. Like, I just, that's just a character that, like, I just haven't touched like that. Unless he was, like, in Daredevil or something, but, or X-Men or whatever, but, man, um, looks like it was good, because I clearly would have came across this, and it's just so... This is the 90s, so not to jump all over the place, but, um, Mm -hmm. Marvel isn't the only, uh... (laughs) imprint to like do this DC did it before with Lois Lane um, turning and it, it's like Superman's girlfriend turns oh black um, and that happened in the 70s mm. uh, which not excusing it but also I'm like sure I mean not sure in a like dismissive way but like I am not surprised so to have this happen again um, and be like an entire story arc about crime in the south side of Chicago, which I don't even know what type of research mm. this, the writer did, because a lot of stuff, me from uh, the shape from this from the south side. Anyway, I'm just kind of like, yeah, no, that's I don't know what you're talking about right now. And it's happened in the '90s, the early '90s. I know, I know. It's just, I think like it's 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 one of those things where. And I and it made me want to think about the Punisher as a character in general because there's just a lot of problematic stuff mm-hmm. uh, with the with the character itself. Specifically, as we get towards the towards the end of this uh, this story arc, and just I felt like and and it makes me wonder like mom the the creator of the Punisher coming up with that character. It feels like it's just faced with this endless amount of death and violence that never stops. And it almost makes me ask the question, like, what's the point? What are we trying? What's the point that we are trying to make here is the question that about this character, because there's a lot of instances where he's having conversations with Luke Cage and and uh, he's and as a uh, Rook, as Frank Rook. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Because his last name is Castle. Yeah. So, Rook, so, like, you just stay right in chess pieces? All right. So, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. So, as Frank Rook, the way that he basically talks about um, the black people in Chicago, almost as if they were vermin. And then he mm-hmm. tries to, and then they try to explain a way that, oh, I'm not racist. But, <laughs> it's just, like, it feels like there's always a but. And Luke Cage is talking about, no, you don't need to kill people to make a point. And the Punisher's thing is always that. And um, it's just so funny. Like, you go to a couple of the, the panels, I think it's um, as we get to issue three. And, he, and 
and and and Mr. Rook is is, is talking like, well, he, he's talking like he's a black man. It's all he's talking like he's a black man, but he's not a black man. He's a white man, colored as a black man, and wait, he's wait. trying to tell Luke Cage about racism, and now it's not a thing. And I'm like, huh? What? What's let's happening get, here? Let's get into how he even it. So it's the the. <laughs> 59 like pretty much ends like there I had I didn't even go back usually I go back to see what was going on prior I couldn't even do it because I'm like you know what I don't even care so something they're wrapping up whatever storyline that they're doing with the um kingpin or whatever and yeah. Frank's face looks like a Gucci print bag <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like courtesy of Jigsaw's oh, homies in jail Yes, and then also, like, the surgeon that they have working on his face is a, and I'm only saying this because this is basically what they say, a crack whore. And I said, oh, my God, what are we doing? And actually, no, she, is, she doesn't do crack. I'm fair. Only the black people are the only folks that do crack in this, um, which is okay. No, she, we'll like, does her, <laughs> like, she does heroin or whatever because she was going through medical school that was really stressful and she needed a downer. Anyway, she got hooked on heroin. So there's almost a rape, which I'm like, wow, so y'all are just ticking off all kinds of problematic boxes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, for no reason, too, because, like, why? Um... And she ends up killing the fo- uh, two guys that try to rob her for uh, the drugs that she has. And she was doing cell culture work on melanin. I said to myself, <laughs> "What? why? Like, and, I, and I'm just thinking of the writer just <laughs> as he's like outlining this and doing all the story beats and saying to himself, now, hmm, how do we make Frank Black that makes sense? Oh, wait, I got it. Um, we're doing um, experiments on melanin or whatever the hell that means oh, for this book, and it just—I <laughs> just—I just couldn't, because um, that just made me crack up. And then I thought to myself, so there, the one of the guys that was trying to attack her was black. So I'm thinking, did she skin grab his face onto Frank's? That's a great. I, question i don't know they don't say that is my assumption that that's what ends up happening but also it still doesn't make any sense because and i kid you not issue 62 is called fade to white Mm. and i almost threw my ipad because i just i couldn't (laughs) just imagine you imagine them titling that just titling that and being like oh yeah this is great Hold on, and then it's not like his hair texture changed. So now he's just running around looking like uh, like a Dominican man, probably because he's got a bit of a curl, like a curl. So it's just, and again, that's because this white writer, uh, an artist, and all of them, nobody considered anything. So I don't want to like beat. I don't like. I don't want to beat them up over this because it it happened mm-hmm. in the nineties. Not excusing it, and I understand why it happened i don't think it's okay that it happened but i feel like this is one of those attempts the weird attempts to um because right around i'm guessing like milestone is like really becoming a thing around this time i believe so i'm wondering if this is like hey let's connect with 
<laughs> the Negroes who buy this book and let's turn Frank Castle white and t- team him up with a Luke Cage that says boy like he is flavor fucking flay. <laughs> it doesn't even you, do, how does that even make sense for Luke Cage? Like that doesn't even make sense for that character <laughs> character to say that. Like jive, whatever. I can understand because he was born in black exploitation. But for him to sound like Flavor Flay, like half the time I laugh because I just heard Flavor Flay's voice coming out of Luke Cage. <laughs> okay, bur- I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all, no, it's all good. And he's bursting. No, at, at that point he's saying that, and he's bursting in like he's the Kool Aid Man. And it's just like, yo, what is happening here? And I th- and I think like, you know, first when first when uh, Mr. Rook turns black, and he's he's out driving. Of course, he runs into the cops. He's uh, you know, he runs uh, he runs. Well, he's kind of drifting because the medication is just kind of messing with him or whatever. And then they stop him. I just love that they paneled in and uh, they paneled into to, to Frank's thoughts. And he goes, sometimes my reflexes betray me. I had no patience for bigots when I was white. Now that I'm black, I don't like it any better. And it's just like, what? Guess what? And then, of course, like, it, it, it's funny. And, I, and, and it's funny. You have that scene of him getting beat up by the cops. And then by the end of the entire arc, he still don't get it. He still doesn't understand it. He's still talking like, nah, these people are vermin. Get rid of them. Oh my god. And like what was mm. what what did you go through all of this for? Like, and that also like kind of ticked me off too, because what was the purpose of taking this character through whatever the hell this whole experience was, only for them to come out of the other side white again? Um, and still believing the same things short-sighted things that they believe like he was black for uh, what a week or so for absolutely nothing and then you get him and then you have him get beat like Rodney King and you know what and they're not the only ones that's done that um that's happened in a couple other comics um I'm just, uh, my mind is slipping on where else I've seen that mm-hmm. um I almost want to say icon, but I know I might be lying. But like I've seen that before in another comic where or a cartoon or whatever, but it was like this weird time where folks were like, let's recreate that Rodney King situation and stick it in this thing that kids are possibly reading. So it's just very weird. Um, and then I'm like, why is Luke Cage in Chicago? And I know, like, he's trying, like, this whole new life, but it was just also very random for Luke Cage to be in Chicago. The fact that it's the South Side of Chicago, it just really bugged me to no end because, like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. And it just, and also, this writer, if they are from Chicago, which I highly doubt that they are, but mm-hmm. maybe they are. I, yeah. A lot of white folks don't know what goes on um, on the South Side. It was just um, crack. I just. Oh, well, speaking of crack, um, <laughs> issue 61, titled Crackdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, could you be any between Rook and the name of that uh, that issue? I just couldn't. Ooh, let me tell you. Let me tell you right fast. Um, so Frank is trying to, trying to buy drugs. So the guy, the guy says, far enough money. And then he goes, I'm looking to buy Got That Crack. Oh, my God. And the crack is in bold. 
<laughs> in bold letters. And I, I just can't. I just really, no. like, can't want it to happen. <laughs> no one is buying crack like that. And, well, I was going to say this writer could have watched The Wire, but also The Wire wasn't out um, at the time. But anyway, <laughs> this oh. should have been written. I, I don't... There was just... I get being edgy or whatever, but it just really bothers me that um, one, that the black experience is not respected, but also at the same time, folks that do not experience it um, want to uh, imagine like through characters and stuff what that experience is. And then they just do like the absolute worst shit. Like this is, Black, basically, this is a, a form of it. Gotta be, it has to be like some form of blackface. I don't know because it feels like that. Because, well, literally, is blackface or black body because that's what happens to, to Frank. But, like, what is that? Like, what do you call it when um, a, a artist and a writer team up together to do something and an editor and they do something like this um, to just kind of talk about the black, black experience? through the white lens. So basically y'all set up and you watch a lot of Dateline and said, yep, I got it. Oh my God. Um, so like obviously in, in Crackdown, Frank meets, meets like the head of this, the head of the organization or whatever. This is this white dude. He got, he got shoes with no socks. Um, <laughs> like it's the eighties and, and it's not. And, I, and he just be, he be talking real slick. Like, uh, Man, he goes, Rook, you seem astute, but you're also a crackhead. Crackheads in my crew get just one warning, an arm or leg, at the slightest hint of inconsistency. And then he goes, this was the kicker. No one appreciates better than I the power of the rock. And it's like, what? (laughs) It's so, it's so bad that you can do nothing but laugh, um... Because it's just that offensive. Like, some things are so absurd. There is no way, no other way to really react to it than with absurdity, which is laughing in hysterics because I'm sorry. Why? And I, that was, I was going to bring that up too because when they were talking back and forth, I'm just like, but this white guy, he would not be just somewhere in a crack house in Inglewood or whatever, wherever part of the South side this is supposed to take place. It would never happen. I have never seen, the only time I've ever seen white people like that on the South side of Chicago Mm. is if I've gone to the neighborhood Beverly and I'm getting closer to um, like, uh, where is, uh, like closer out West, not out West, but like, um, there's like some neighborhoods that way as you get, like more to it and just like oh this is where all the white people went or um i just see them passing through like in their cars on the highway because they're on their way to downtown chicago Mm -hmm. um but like you just don't see white folks like that until you get to like bridgeport near where um u.s cellular field is where the white Sox play and it's just so weird that's why i could never get into that show shameless because i'm like what part of the south side are these people living on because that is not the south side that i know <laughs> it just, it just, I don't know. how just how how and um and it's funny as i mentioned earlier this 
this white dude who's wearing a black dude mask trying to tell Luke Cage about about just race. So like as they're as they're reconning and you you have to read this dialogue because it's just so insane. Um he goes, "Brother, why don't you wake up, Cage? This ain't about race." FBI shows most inner city crimes committed by blacks on blacks. Of course they had to mention black on black crime because of course they had to mention that. FBI shows um, move. Look at, look at, I lost my place because it's just, it's just unbelievable. Movies and TV still hype brothers as a street thug, the hood, the man to fear. You know that look in the eyes of strangers, that feeling. Oh, what look? What are you talking about? White man? Like, jeez. And he goes, it ain't, and then I love, I love that in the next image that he's using, he's, he's pointing his finger at Cage and he goes, it ain't about race. No, it's about image and knowing who you are when no one else does. And then, you know, the ironic thing that Luke asked him, he goes, oh, and you know that because you're black? Clearly because he was not. And then he, and then he responds, I know because I was one of them, a hood. <laughs> Again, all you can do is laugh because why it just none of it makes sense at all and it's just so terrible and another reason why um we need black folks everywhere not just like on the page like not just in form of luke cage but the writers the editors um everybody the, the artist the letterer whoever so someone can look at that and say yeah, um, no. <laughs> like, no, this is a bad idea. And multiple black people in the room so that they can all group together and say, no, this, I'm telling you, this is a really terrible idea and we should not do this. I think, I think when you, when you look at, what this issue um, ends up being. And I think we, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, but it, it, it does make you wonder what happened? What happened there? Like, it just it, all of it. Like, in terms of, like, not only decision-making, but just the people up top who let this get made was, I, for the life of me, I can't understand it. I, but I think I do, though. Like, I feel like um, there's this weird thing where um, companies or whatever realize that black folks either consume the thing that they make or whatever. And, and, it, it, and it's always like a constant remembrance. So you have these moments um, where you get stuff like this because they call themselves trying to connect. So remember, like, the hip hop variant issues? For Marvel, when that happened, um, I feel like there was another instance that was like similar to this, but definitely not somebody like turning black, um, white character turning black in the the early 2000s. And this just kind of unfortunately makes sense. Um, It does. And it's just a it just speaks loudly to how um, our country just Mm -hmm. views us. Um, on the whole, like again, like we matter through consumerism, but yes. not outside of that. 
Um, this is why I was kind of upset that the basketball players decided to, you know what, we're going to play the next day. And I'm like, I wish y'all would have just not. Because uh, you had everybody's attention when you stopped, when you didn't yeah. play. Um, um, Milwaukee bowed out. Never, there were no games. And, of course, the WNBA has been, like, leading the charge on this for years anyway. 100%. But, yeah. Um, I was really, uh, I was just kind of um, disappointed that they went ahead to to go ahead and play, um, because no, <laughs> like don't, <laughs> like you had everybody's attention by not by striking, and now that momentum is gone. So anyway, no, I, I, I yeah, I don't understand it, but yeah, right. I mean, I understand it, but it's not okay. No, I mean, listen, there's been a lot of things that haven't been okay for a really long time, and. We just keep getting reminders of that every day. And I thought, like, like this this story arc kind of reminds you of just the just a lack of overall vision and and just like this this rampant ignorance um, up and down the issue to a point where it's like you kind of you you kind of. As much as I hate everything that 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 happens uh, when it comes to racism and all that stuff and how we're treated, you get a reminder of this is how this happens is because you you have something that you're writing here that you're kind of trying to put in kids' um, hands to read, like young kids in a lot of ways are probably read this issue whenever it came out, not just adults. Um, usually, that's what you market your stuff to. And this is the message that you present out, and it's easy for imagine a white kid reading that and say, "Oh, I want this. Probably is how it is." Mm-hmm. Like, and that's and and I think people don't understand the power of their words. And not only that, it's just the 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 black on black crime thing. And it's like you have the white oh. man as a black oh. man saying, "Oh, it's black on black crime," and it's like, "Yo, what?" It's, it, it takes you, it takes me to a, to a very uh, frustrated place. And as we get to, to, the, to the end of this, at, as uh, the wonderfully issued Fade to White, where just, yeah, sure, why not? Let's go, let, let, let's go, <laughs> let's go there. Let's go there. And how they're showing uh, Frank Rook transform back to Frank Castle. It's so ridiculous in, in so many ways. I just like the way that they just lighten him up slowly. <laughs> slowly, slowly, by page by page, they lighten up. And then I love, I love the explanation. The injections Melinda Brewer gave me to send my melanin into hyperdrive oh and turn my, my color are wearing out fast. I'm fading to white. Leaving me to explain to Cage in this neighborhood why I've been masquerading as black. Or cut my losses. Maybe find a life for Frank Castle somewhere far, far away. And and that speaks to white privilege. You get to do this and you get to think of, huh, nah, maybe I gotta just get out of here and and uh and find another life after all this death and after all this uh this stuff. And that's um that's something that I was thinking about reading this with uh white vigilantism as we see. Um live in in real time in the country and how they kind of let it rock the you know without uh you know to 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 put it bluntly they out here letting it rock and and it and it makes me wonder about the punisher's character 
in general, because obviously the tragedy is that his family was killed and it leads him to getting revenge. And then it just turns into this nonstop bloodthirst for death and just endless violence, endless violence. And, and it makes me wonder, like, just like the overall messaging when it comes to the, the Punisher what what do you think about that whole like you know psychoanalyzing the Punisher? And I'm I'm probably gonna guess he's an NRA supporter too. Oh, absolutely, and that's the reason why you see um, the Punisher skull on uh, police cars and uh, just all kinds of people who are absolutely asshats um, and carry guns. Uh, pretty much loving the hell out of that symbol and before you know I was with that new Punisher series that was on Netflix or whatever I was like uh, I guess they've kind of had it wrong this whole time but no they actually have not uh, the Punisher has been shitty for a long, a long mm-hmm. time and it actually makes me want to uh, really dive into this character from like the beginning as I normally do to just see what this progression has been because to me like there had to have been a reason why you know uh police gravitate towards him and some other folks who again should not have weapons gravitate towards him and the math is mathing it really honestly is and Uh his issue brought it full circle for me and I was like oh yep totally checks out yeah for sure and i thought nothing summed up this issue was like the last conversation as the punisher is uh leaving it talks to cage and um you know cage is calling him out and the punisher is like eh, i don't know you anything but you know what if you if you and he's pointing at cage if you walk on the wrong side of the line I'm going to be coming after you. And I'm like, who's coming after who? <laughs> I'm just like, what? Who's coming after who here? How did how he get the nerve to say that? It's just like, you're the one killing people. Right. Not this one. <laughs> just, I, I was just like, what? Really, the indignation. It's just, I... I uh, like I said, I apologize. <laughs> no, it is because, like, when you suggested this, I thought I was ready because, like, I've read some pretty wild stuff before. I mean, like, really terrible stuff. And but I just wasn't ready. And I also believe too because of everything that was kind of happening in the week. Um, also, um, I just couldn't. I really couldn't wrap my mind around like just not how blatantly just wild this is but just disrespectful it was like this wasn't like that Lois Lane issue is really really terrible <laughs> however um That's... and like it's real bad like cause they like give her bigger breasts and like thicker legs oh my God. it's yeah it's, it's quite terrible and I never thought that anything could really surpass that but this oh. all four issues oh, sur- from beginning to end, I just um, I, <laughs> I I just really couldn't. I I don't even know what to say. Like, please don't ever 
I mean, they know, I would hope that they know that this wouldn't fly now. And I get you, you can say, like, yeah, it was in the 90s and stuff. But still, like, this yeah, we don't should, even have to, should have never happened, period. Right. We don't even need to ask the usual question, can this get made in <laughs> like no, no. you know no. what you know what though um i kind of feel like though somebody would give it a shot um in some kind of way because uh, we've seen some things get made still and it's kind of like mm. or if, if anything maybe it would make it to in the talks or in the works kind of how confederate was and then i was just killed. about to say that <laughs> i was just about to mention confederate the game of thrones dude Really wanted to pass on, like, I wonder what made you so interested in telling that story. Who wants to read, who wants to watch that story play out? But I guess, you know what? Yeah, there's probably a few people who would actually want to watch that story. But, you know, I digress. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So, I just to, just to kind of put a ribbon and bow on, on this whole uh, four-issue arc of The Punisher... It, like you said, it does make me want to go back to the beginning and kind of see where this all broke down. And clearly someone at Marvel said, yeah, we're not putting this out publicly after a while. We're just going to oh, keep yeah. this in the dark. <laughs> Can't find it on Marvel Unlimited. And all of a sudden you go from issues um, 50 <laughs> to 62 or 50 or, or uh, yeah, 63 or whatever it is. Like some of that whole Jigsaw storyline disappeared. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, now we know. <laughs> you know, whenever I am, like, doing, like, a deep dive or whatever and there's issues that I can't find, I immediately stop what I'm doing to find them because I just know. I know it's going to be something, well, good and juicy and messy, but also just outright horrendous because there's a reason. There's a reason why they didn't want these on Marvel Unlimited and uh, we found out why. But, you know, I would say no. Go ahead and put it on Marvel Unlimited. Like, y'all made it. Why not? Like that, put it on got, there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, it's part of your history. Embrace it. Yeah. And, and, let, and what you call it, let your art stand out there to yep. be critiqued as it should. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and lastly, have you ever, have you ever, besides the Superman Lois Lane thing, have you ever read it? Was there something more problematic than this in, in books that you've ever seen? Um... No, I think this is taking the cake right now. Um, now that is subject to change because it always does. Because again, like I thought Lois Lane, I thought that was going to be the worst, but no, 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 this proved me wrong. So I hope <laughs> there isn't anything, but I just know for a fact I'll some at some point worse will re- reveal itself. Yeah. Amazing, and I want to thank you for 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 coming along on this journey with me through this. Uh, through all this uh this filth in, in in here and we and we made it out we got through we got through and so you're picking next what what you got for us honestly uh oh actually i was gonna say i don't know but actually i do know um we are going to read the um superior uh where is it what's the name of this oh this is superior spider-man no um it's a Captain America art where um, I believe the, the villain's name is uh, Superior or Superior or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, she wants to uh, rid the world of men. Uh, and Captain America says no. 
<laughs> so it is like a, I think it's a four or six issue art. Um, okay, and cool. I'll send you like all of the, the details when we finish. But I want to cover it because um, nothing brings me more happiness than <laughs> female villains uh, <laughs> getting under cap skin. It is my favorite thing. So we're going to cover that next. And also the storyline. It's just, it's pretty wild. Okay. All right. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously, Steph, uh, give give us your follows and obviously check out check out the piece that she did on Chadwick Boseman. It was really really good on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, give us give us where we can find you, at, Steph. So you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Steph underscore I underscore Will, and um, there is a um, link to my link tree in my bio on uh, both platforms, and from there you can find everything else I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome. And um, of course, I want to shout out Jake Christie, uh, who produces this show usually, but uh, helped the brother out with some technical difficulties. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> and um, of course, yeah, you can follow him at the Jake Christie on Twitter. You can also follow Jerome Changa, the other member of this show, at Black Dragon Roll on Twitter. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight95. Um, I'm assuming soon. Soon we're gonna get into this new mutants. Uh, not too, not too long from now. Maybe a week or so. Go find a, a nice copy somewhere. Uh, and then uh, we'll we'll dive into that at some point. But uh, yeah, of course, follow the show also at MC University Pod. And uh, yeah, continue to listen to us and Marvel did what. And we will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.